All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm your host, Hayes. On today's episode, a day late, but not a dollar short, we'll be getting into the mailbag today. I also have a topic for you guys on Kai Soto. We'll get into all that and more right after our intro. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So I feel like this Kai Soto thing has gotten a bit out of hand. And one of the things that we do as a fandom, and like I've said before, I don't think this is unique to our fandom. I think every fan base does this. But as Bulls fans, we start always letting the hype train build. And then I think like as a fan base overall, we just focus in on that at some point. And while Kai Soto is a very solid draft prospect, especially in that second round, it seems like some Bulls fans have now made it seem like he's the answer for the Chicago Bulls. And I think that I just want to put it in perspective for one before we get into the mailbag on just the reality of a prospect like Kai Soto and what that could mean and what he could bring to the Chicago Bulls. A, if Kai Soto is drafted, it's not going to be by it with the 18th pick. And since the Bulls don't have a second round pick, unless they do you know, acquire his draft rights after he's required. Because keep in mind, if the Bulls did trade for that second round pick, well, at this point, they can't trade before the draft. There's there's no trades, I don't believe, allowed right now. So it would have to be a draft day trade. And the way that those trades work is that the actual team that has the picks makes that draft pick, and then the trades are made official after those picks are made. So the Bulls could technically trade for a second round pick if they did want to acquire Kai Soto. It is reported he already has a promise from a team. I know that he did just work out with the Bulls, but I wanted to put this in perspective. Kai Soto is a long-term project, and Kai Soto is even more raw than Marco Simonovic, than Laurie Marketing when he initially came in, than Nick, Nico Miritich was when he came in. And you remember how some, not all Bulls fans, but especially, I think it happened with Laurie, and it was because of Laurie's first two seasons, which were reasonable. He came in, I mean, those players were expected at one point to be long-term for this Bulls team. It just did not work out with the NBA game. They did not progress. They got to a point, and then, in, in like Laurie's case, kind of regressed. Marco's case, it just seemed like Marco was upset that he wasn't the starter at some point. But Marco also regressed a little bit, and he had big months. But Kai Soto, you know, is a prospect that you have to look at and realize, A, for one, he's very raw, right? And listen, for those that are about to come to this with the per 36 minutes, keep in mind, Tony Bradley is a monster per 36 minutes. Uh um, uh, uh, Cristiano Felicio, I think in his first couple of seasons with the Bulls was a monster in the per 36 minute stats. He may even still be the per, the per 36 minute stat is a little misleading when you don't have a big sample size. The per 36 minute stat works better when you do have a player that gets a lot of minutes and you're trying to see the, the impact per that 36 minutes, which is what it's meant to be. It's not really something that's used it's, that should be used to project what a player could give you with 36 minutes. It's more to see what a player's impact who gets 20 minutes, 25 minutes, over 30 minutes a game to really see what to, to better put in perspective what they're doing. It's very anytime you use the per 36 minute stat to try to project what a player who doesn't get a lot of minutes is going to be able to give you, it's always going to be misleading. And this Kai Soto thing, like I've said it, I tweeted about it today. Um, it's become like the new Jeremy Grant, the new Miles Turner, the new Rudy Gobert, like uh, 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 the, the new uh, well, Courtney Lee for anyone who's been a, a Bulls fan for a very long time. And we have to stop mystifying. We have to stop with this sheep mindset. We have to stop just, you know, it, it, I get it in a way because at the end of the day, it's all built in fandom. It's all built in 
us wanting the best for this team and hopefully trying to find it. But and that's not to completely crap on Kai Soto as a prospect. I just think that if if Kai Soto is drafted, a he's going to be a couple of years away. It's not going to be immediate. The NBA game also has to come to him. That's something that that we have seen with especially especially foreign bigs is that the NBA game usually has to come now you do have some that come in and are ready right away and the physicality of it is not the part that i'm talking about it's more the speed it's the fact that everyone's big it's it's things like that it's it's nba defenses the fact of like nba teams get way more creative with offenses usually than a lot of foreign teams now that's not every foreign team want to be because i know the keyboard warriors are ready to go looking at kai soto as a prospect he brings a lot of raw skills and he brings a lot of of promise but guess what it's the NBA draft. If somebody did not bring promise as an NBA draft prospect, that's when you got to start questioning things. Do I think that Kai Soto um, is the answer for the Bulls? No, I don't think so. Could he be? Anything's possible. That's not at all. There's a reason why there are so many people interested. There's a reason why a team did give him um, a promise because there is a ton of potential with this kid. Um, he comes from basketball bloodlines. He's improved his frame and his body and worked on it. Hell, that NBA, that's 6'2", like 240 pounds already at 20 years old. That is promising, promising. But he's not the most agile big man um, already. Um, he has to get that lower body strength together. He has to get that shot a little bit quicker if it's going to be effective on the NBA range. Um, there's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot to go into it. Some have compared him to Kristaps Porzingis, and we've seen Kristaps. We've seen him have great season we've also seen him not be as effective in certain times now again that that came from in, injury and things like that but we got to stop betting everything especially looking at realism one of the things that i always try to bring you guys with this channel is realism and realistic um and get you guys to focus on the things that are actually basketball like you know with the rudy gobert thing how that would completely jack up the bulls offense yes he brings in what vooch doesn't but again with this kai soto thing yes he could be a great prospect and I would say this, like him, Nick, uh, Nikola Jovic, they have potentials to, to possibly be steals of the draft if their potential hits in. They absolutely do. But there's a very, very slim possibility that Kai Soto ends up on the Chicago Bulls. It's definitely a possibility. We know AK and Eversley can pull anything out. But, you know, while I am not as high on him as some people are, while I don't see necessarily the surefire star that some people are working themselves in the, in the scene with, the, with you, with him, but the, I, I, I'm not going to completely deny that there's some potential, but he's definitely going to spend a year or two in the G League. And considering we just had Marco Simonovic do the same thing, do the Bulls go that route or do they go something that's more surefire? It remains to be seen. They pay AK and Eversley way more money than what they pay me, and they're way smarter than me at this to do those type of things, but it's not going to be immediate. But is there a world in which Marco Simonovic and Kai Soto may be part of the Bulls' front court, front court for the next handful of years absolutely there's a chance of it but we got to realize what's really likely and a big part of it too is that this bulls team is trying to compete now and not to say that they're not going to be willing to draft a prospect especially if they see their ceiling and a superstar potential there but if marco simonovich is part of the bulls long-term plans and the plan this upcoming season to be getting minutes the bulls very well could go with the veteran big man over another project in Kai Soto, or they could do both because Kai is probably going to be in the G League. But let me know what you guys think down below. What do you think about the Kai Soto hype train and how it's been rising since the Bulls announced that they were going to work out the kid and they came out? But let me know what you guys think down below. I know a lot of you guys also have been watching more tape on Kai Soto. I would love to hear from you guys on how you feel about that. But this is the mailback episode. And what is a mailback episode without actually getting into the damn mailback? So first, I'm going to I'm going to go to the text message that actually came in 
about a month ago, but it's still kind of relevant. And I, and I, you know, I missed it. Um, this one's from the five one zero. He did not leave his name, but he says this, in my opinion, bro, I think Zach does deserve the max contract, but the Bulls should let him know he got to perform better since he will be hundred percent after his knee and our bench legit sucks. Kobe White, I don't know what's up with him, but he has to get better, and we need shooters most definitely. That's a text from the 510. If you did leave that, start leaving your guys' name or a handle or something so I can shout you guys out properly when you send in the text messages. But what I'll say with this is that Zach Levine, as far as his contract, you guys know where I stand on Zach Levine's contract. I'm not going to really rehash that part of it. Um, do I expect Zach to come in better? Absolutely. Zach was 12th in the league in scoring, and half that season he was hurt. Zach is. I, I'm going to say Zach Levine is going to be easily top 10 in the league in scoring, but we know with Zach we need him to stay focused defensively. I honestly wouldn't mind Zach being a little bit more efficient again because of that knee, staying around that 12th area, but upping his defensive efficiency as well. I think Zach is the complete player at that point that we can hope to get out of him. As far as Kobe White thing, the Kobe White thing is is something that is going to be, I think, addressed early on, we're going to know. Whether it's early in the start of actual free agency, whether it's at this draft, if they do move him for another pick, whatnot, um, it's going to answer a lot of questions for, for, for Kobe White. Kobe is definitely, I think, going to be one of those players that he's if he goes to a team that has time to develop in his potential, we're all going to look back and be like, we probably should have kept Kobe White. Like, I really do think he has the potential to do that. I think he, he and we know it. Kobe has the potential. Like, look at his January and February this year. He would balled out. He has the opportunity to be a 16 to 18 point per game score easily in the NBA. He just has to be. It's always the consistency with Kobe White. And we very well may see this team keep Kobe White. It's possible. I don't think that is likely at this point. I don't, whereas I came into last season saying and being very sure that the Bulls are not going to trade Kobe White at any point of the season. Go back and check it. I've literally one of my first big videos on this channel was that the Bulls would be crazy to trade Kobe White this season because that's how much I believed in the fact that they were going to keep him to really take a look at him. But they got that look. They got to see what he looked like on an improved team. And while he did show out in January and February, he absolutely did. That inconsistency down the stretch, how much does this front office hold that against him when the whole team was being very inconsistent, when the whole team couldn't apparently shoot? There's a lot going on with this Bears team at the end of the season that they may look at it and decide to give Kobe White a pass for a little while. They very well may. It's just, we don't know what this front office is going to do, and we don't really know how they evaluate Kobe White. We as fans, I think, collectively have kind of gotten to the point where we're kind of over the Kobe White experiment for the most part. There are very some vocal, very vocal uh, fans in the Bears commu Bulls community. Now that I'm covering both teams, you're going to get slip-ups more often. In the Bulls community that still want to see Kobe get that opportunity to be that bench scorer that we know. I've, I even said, like, I think at some points this season, they turned him into a shooter when they should have allowed him to be more of a scorer. But we'll see. They could improve this bench so much around Kobe that they think, listen, we, again, Kobe is going to have even a better chance to succeed. And I do want some Bulls fans to be prepared for that, that it may be Kobe White does come back and he could very well ball out. But that extension looming, I think, is kind of written. Him not being consistent by this point, I think may have written in, and they may give him to the trade deadline. If he's consistent from the start of the season, having a, a full training camp, being healthy, things like that, and he's consistent from October until February, we could very well see the, the Bulls say, nah, we're riding with Kobe. But it all remains to be seen. We'll see what they do. They may draft a Kobe White replacement in the draft as well. I've gone over some of the people who could do that. So we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot to go out there. There's a lot of different options and possibility for Kobe. And thank you, from that text, from the 510, we got two voicemails to get into today. This one is first from Jamal. What's up, Hayes? It's your boy Jamal. Back again with another voicemail for you. I kind of missed the voicemail back. But this week, I kept wanting to call in and 
it always kept uh slipped in my mind, but I finally got around to it. So like the question I posed in the uh chat the other day, um, on your live stream, what is your top five, top ten dunks of this season? Which dunks really have the impact on you or, or some of your favorite dunks that you saw this season? And if you can't rank them and just talk about which ones were special to you and why you enjoyed them so much. A couple of them for me, of course, uh the dunk on Giannis by uh, Ben Jones Jr. Well, my favorite dunk this season was probably, uh, besides that one on Giannis, was definitely Io's dunk at the end of uh, at the end of uh, the Pacers game when he, he dunked on two Pacers players. That one I had that as my screensaver, <laughs> my sophomore because it was such an awesome dunk. Um, but let me know what were some of your favorite dunks of this season. But as always, see where your Bulls. Please. All right, so Jamal asked for my top Bulls dunk. I believe he means just Bulls dunks. Jamal, if you want me to do uh, dunks from every NBA team, I could definitely do that as well. But I just, the nature of the show, kind of how he went with the conversation when he gave his list, I think he means the top Chicago Bulls dunks of this season. So first, got to start off with the with Javante Green's dunk on on um uh, um on marketing. Laurie marketing. A, it was the guy who replaced Laurie in the starting lineup, the fact that, that Javante is so much shorter uh, than uh, than Laurie, things like that, that was just a great dunk. It was like, hey, I took your job, bitch. Go home. Like, that's what that dunk meant for me. Uh, so that one is definitely one of my favorites of the season. DeMar against the Clippers as well. DeMar didn't have very many dunks this season, but that was an emphatic dunk. That was a powerful dunk. Um, and I, I really did enjoy that dunk, so that one stood out to me as well. Uh, Zach Levine against the New Orleans Pelicans going coast to coast right basically from the, on the new orleans pelicans to finish off that dunk while the finish wasn't super creative i really do like that dunk as well demar on his former team in san antonio was another great dunk this season also i think just the again because demar didn't have too many dunks this season and when he did he showed the hell out and then last two absolutely io on indy which is still the lock screen on my phone and it's not gonna be taken off my phone until we get another great uh Great uh, Bulls dunk as well. That was just a great moment for Io, basically sealing that game for a great season for Io. It was, and I think he did. He have a cold game before that game too. What I feel like he did. I may be tripping. I know he had like two big dunks in games back to back, and I think the Indy was the second of those. But that dunk that Io had in Indy was fucking amazing. Lastly, the Levine three sixty dunk on a pass, a a full court pass from Lonzo Ball. I think just was it's it's. Why they're the perfect backcourt together is why when Lonzo was here, he was everything that he was advertised to be. And the fact that it came off of Lonzo pass was just amazing. And so many of the of the great dunks and fast break came off off Io. When you look at the uh my intro, for example, on the channel, most of those, those dunks and everything that are shown in there came off Lonzo Ball passes. And that's the importance of Lonzo Ball. And that's the next topic that we're going to get into um before we, we get into our last voicemail. This Lonzo Ball thing. There's, there's an article that came out from Darnell Marbury, unathletic, and I could tell most people didn't read it. Most people took the spins that came out of it because now it's this, oh, did you hear that Lonzo may not be right? It was completely speculative on Darnell Marbury's part. Um, now, is there? do I believe that there's some chance that Lonzo may not be fully healthy by the start of the season? I'm absolutely 100% scared, terrified, and think that there's a chance that that may be. But let's try to calm it down a little bit and really see and wait to anything official from the Bulls comes out. 
the draft may inform that. What we do in free agency may inform that. If you hear after we lock in Zach Levine, we're going after guards or something like that, it could very well signify that there's something seriously still going on with Lonzo Ball's knee. Um, you know, I can't like I hope that Lonzo can get healthy by the start of the season. We're such a better so much of a better team once Lonzo Ball is on the court for so many different reasons. What he brings in his versatility defensively, what he does in transition, um, just getting easy buckets on the other side, like all those things are huge for Lonzo Ball, and those are big things that he brings to this team. So I, for one, definitely hope that Lonzo Ball is ready to go by the start of the season. But you know, I, and you know, the, one of the things is that anytime somebody writes something, it's off-season headlines. People are looking for for, for those clicks. And then other sources then take that, just a snippet of that, and turn that into something else. And that's what's really happening with this Lonzo Ball thing. If he's not ready by opening night, consider when that injury happened. And if that bone bruise is still a thing, that's going to be extremely, extremely scary and a weird situation for the Chicago Bulls to be in. I, for one, am not going to worry about it too much until we get a little bit closer to the season. We're in June right now. Training camps don't open until... August, September, I believe. So we have a couple of more months till then. We're about to go into the dark times in, in sports. Hopefully, hopefully, we got something by then. And if if it's not, if definitely if we don't hear something by August, mid-August, late August, yeah, it's gonna be a little bit more difficult to, to stave off those uh those comments that Lonzo may not be ready by the start of the season. But let's go ahead and get into our last voicemail from the day. This one is from Shay on the draft. What's up, Hayes? This is Shay. You know what I was thinking. Whoever we draft, whether it be EJ Liddell or Mark Williams or even those other guys, I was thinking, whoever we draft, he has to be a power forward or center, and he has to come in ready to play. I think me and you can both agree on that. He can't be some skinny person who we got to send down to the G League. He has to be ready to play and play defense and probably shoot a little bit. But one thing about it that me and you both can agree on, he has to be a big man. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. All right. And I kind of talked about this as well. I, I get what Shay's getting at. And I do think that the that the fr- my personal opinion is that the front office is going to go somebody who has a ready-made skill right now. Now, that doesn't mean that most of their potential doesn't come later because there are some prospects in here that are 19, 20 years old that have a key uh, part of their game where they can contribute now. Like I talked about Dyson Daniels and what he can contribute now, but he very much needs to work on his consistency, long-term things like that. But I think he's somebody who could possibly come in and, pro- and maybe be more consistent than Kobe White as far as the scoring aspect, but those other aspects of his game he needs to come. But we know AK and Eversley, and they're going to be focused on more than likely best available, especially considering that they do have some assets to where they can bring in veterans, and that's who they can bet on being ready to contribute right now. So, Shay, I kind of disagree with you that it's only in the sense that it's a complete possibility that the Chicago Bulls may go potential here. They may go somebody who's not able to 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 contribute right away. They may go somebody who is skinny in Shay's uh, comments and needs some time to fill out. Like Nikola Jovic absolutely could be the pick for the Bulls at number 18. And while in his first season, he may not be able ready to he may not be ready to contribute at a huge level a season from now, two seasons from now, three seasons from now. We could very well be looking at the best pick from that draft. So I wouldn't necessarily say, Shay, that that's true, that they need to go somebody able to right now. I think that that's more likely than not, in my opinion. But I do think that there, there's absolutely a world, because looking at the prospects in this draft, that they could go potential in here. And if they see a star in a player, if if AK, who drafted Nikola Jokic, who was ready to contribute in this first season, but if he sees the next great big in Nikola Jovic, he'll absolutely take him. 
Potential be damned. Needing somebody to contribute right now, be damned. He absolutely will take that that player, and he should. It with his ability to to draft. If you believe that you have a future star, goddamn, like, even a superstar, you take that every time. If you believe in your ability to draft, if you believe in your scouts, in your if you believe in your ability to project what a player's development could be, you always go that. If you see a superstar to star level player. In, in that in that potential so Shay, I, like i said i don't it's not a complete outright disagreement with with where you are because i understand where your mind is i just don't i wouldn't say that that's a foregone co- conclusion that that's in what's ak and eversley's mind and in their plan um that's just my opinion let me know what you guys think down below let me know what you think on all the topics down below what were some of your best dunks from this past season whether it be bulls dunks whether it be overall nba dunks what do you think about the potential conversation versus the ready to contribute now? You have players that have skills ready to contribute now. EJ Liddell is a player that's ready to contribute right now. Mark Williams is a player that has a defensive ability that's ready to contribute right now with probably getting in some foul trouble. There are absolutely other prospects that have ready to go right now skills. Would you like to see the Bulls draft them or would you rather see them go more long-term potential if they see a star in a player. Let me know what you guys think about that down below. Make sure you're following the podcast at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave us a text and or voicemail, you can do so at 773-270-2799. Like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.